Welcome back to another episode of the Pivot and Go podcast, where we bring on high performers, athletes, authors, entrepreneurs, people making a big time difference in the world, and tell you how they went through their stuck feeling and how they pivoted out of it and how they go on to achieve greatness. They give you all of these details, these tips, these tools, these tactics to take and apply to your life. And this week on the Pivot and Go podcast, got a good friend of mine who I was honored and blessed to be able to meet and spend time with and take a lot of his knowledge and soak it in. His name is Chandler Bolt. Chandler is the creator of the Self-Publishing School, a company that has shot up the charts. Self-Publishing School made the Inc. 5000 in 2018, 2019. It's one of the fastest of those 5,000 growing companies. What he does is he specializes in helping people become self-published. You have a book that you want to write. This is your guide to turn to. He has, he is the author of six best-selling books and he's only 27 years old he's basically a genius literally everything that he touches is gold so you're gonna learn a lot about how to go about writing a book if you have a story that you want to tell how to get it out there the message and, and the launch but not just that but what you do afterwards how to quote-unquote market in a genuine authentic way if you have a book inside you and you have a story to tell you got to get it out there you got to do it because it could be helping somebody. It could be helping millions of people. And if you're keeping it inside you, you're not able to. So Chandler's going to go in-depth on his story, how he overcame so many odds to get to where he was. Basically, his business partner tried to undercut him and take him out. And he was bankrupt. He was taking out his parents' loans, uh, his parents' future retirement funds he had to take and use. But he'll tell you all about that and so much more. So pivot and go. Podcast. Thank you for being on here. Buckle up. Chandler Bolt, here we go. I'm dreaming vivid, so I'm living my goals. Written to existence, you know I'm doing the most. I'm steady winning, having breakfast for dinner, because I'm always giving the toast. I live that 1% of lifestyle, didn't you know? Doing what I can just to get in the zone. Incremental change and help you get in the flow. But if you hit the wall, gotta pivot and go. Switch your perspective and go for the goal. It ain't the end of the road, just pivot and go. Just pivot and go. Quick break in the podcast because I need to go grab a snack, a beef stick, grass-fed beef stick from Paleo Valley. Yeah, I'm addicted. Who is Paleo Valley? They are based on nutrient-dense foods, grass-fed, organic. They are literally changing the game of health and nutrition and keeping it super tasty. Beef sticks? Amazing. They got turkey sticks, the super greens, bone broth protein. They got healthy bars of all different flavors, even essential C complex, turmeric complex, literally everything you need to optimize your life, your day, your energy, right there, right there at Paleo Valley. Check them out. And for listeners of the Pivot and Go podcast, special to you, 15% off anything they have with Pivot. 15. Pivot 15 is your code at checkout. It'll be in the show notes and everything like that. But Paleo Valley, appreciate all that you guys do. Pivot 15, check them out. Chandler Bolt, welcome to the Pivot and Go podcast. How are you doing, my neighbor? Right down the road, man. Unbelievable. Hey, it's great to be here, David. Thank you for having me. Yeah, crazy. I didn't know we lived literally walking distance away from each other. We're both very smart human beings living in the marina, having this view, the beach, everything. So, I mean, I liked you before this, and I like you more now. 
Yeah, well, it's been, it's been fun getting to know you, and I'm excited for this, man. All right, let's dive in. Chandler, so start us off with a bang, something maybe the normal audience that hears your message doesn't really know about you. Yes, I'm, I'm the self-publishing book guy and the business guy, but um, fun fact is that actually uh, my brother plays in the Grammy-nominated rock and roll band called Need to Breathe. Um, and so his, his name's Seth Bold. If you've ever heard of Need to Breathe, or maybe even this is even probably stranger is uh, he has a, a luxury romantic treehouse business called <laughs> Bolt Farm Treehouses, uh, which is kind of interesting. And so uh, that's a huge part of my life is, I mean, two of my loves are music and business. And so I'm the business guy. He's a musician that also happens to be a business guy. Uh, and so that's been a huge part of just my upbringing and, uh, and, and yeah, kind of a fun fact. Man, going to going to Taylor Swift shows that my because my brother opened for her like 82 shows in 2011 and like all these crazy experiences meeting all these crazy people kind of through that. That's so cool. Yeah, hey, yeah. Tell the audience the story of when you told me that in person that you found out Need to Breathe is literally my favorite band of all time, which is just oh. crazy irony. Well, it's fun. Yeah, I mean that's fun because you never know. I mean, a lot of people have never heard of them. It's I think. Uh, they jokingly refer to themselves as the most popular band that you've never heard of, but your friend has. <laughs> and, and, and so a lot of people haven't. And so it's like a lot of times I'll just say that they're like, Oh, cool. Yeah. Never heard of them. Uh, but it was, it's always fun when, uh, when people actually know of them and, uh, yeah. cause it's, you, you know, that there's like kind of this infant fun. Yeah. Everybody listening, you got to check them out. I've been to four concerts, literally four concerts. I'm probably the guy that you saw out there just going crazy in the front row that you wanted to kick out. But anyways, I'm vibing, need to breathe. Amazing. All right. So let's, let's dive into it even more in depth. So Chandler, tell us about the biggest pivot that you have had to go through in your life. And in the Pivot and Go podcast, we bring on high performers like yourself who like nobody just started at the top. It never happened. There's always been a pivot and there had to be a go moment for you. Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's two that are kind of interconnected mm. as two major pivots early on. Uh, one was I it, it, I was on a, a cruise um, for top performers at the company I was working at, and had um, one of my friends tragically passed away right in front of me on this um, on this cruise, and and that really kickstarted me starting self-publishing school um, because I, I found out after he passed away that he had actually attended one of my ra- random webinars and actually wrote a draft for his book. And wow. so that kickstarted in me, th- w- this feeling of I'm living for two the night before he passed away, he told me about his five-year goals, his dreams and, and things like that. And so that really created a sense of urgency in my life and a sense of clarity to focus on what really matters and cut out all uh, the fluff and all the stuff that doesn't matter. And so uh, I've got this bracelet I wear every day and have ever worn every day since then. On one side it says WWKD, what would Kendall do? Kendall was his name. Uh, and on the other side, it's, um, it says uh, make him proud. Uh, and so uh, living for two and making him proud. And so that really kickstarted a lot of uh, what we do at self-publishing school and, and the meaning behind it. And then if you fast forward a year and some change after that, I think a year and a few months, uh, a, a, a massive pivot and go moment for me. Uh, this is probably the ultimate pivot and go as I showed up to a, a, an offsite um, from my company offsite and found out from one of my employees that my business partner was trying to kick me out of the business. Uh, and uh, we, we got a mediator involved. And then uh, I, I, it was a multiple six figure buyout. I was, I went into debt. 
I borrowed money at part of my uh, parents' retirement, uh, borrowed money oh. from my brother and uh, a friend. And I was multiple six figures in debt with a company that was just hemorrhaging cash and, and had to fire a bunch of people immediately after that and then basically turn around the company. And so over the course of the last, gosh, I guess that's been <laughs> maybe five, six years since then, five years probably uh, since then. Uh, we've been on a tear and now to, you know, the Inc. 5000 uh, yep. company three years in a row is one of the 5,000 fastest growing private companies and, and have grown so much since then. But those were two big moments and, wow. and the ultimate, like you can't lose your parents' retirement. Oh, wow. uh, that's frowned upon. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't going to let that happen. So uh, that was the pivot and go moment. Those are amazing, man. And the two words that you said, urgency and clarity, feeling that urgency of your friend, feeling the urgency of your parents' retirement weighing down on you makes you ignite that fire to want to make yeah. things happen. And, and huge credit to you. When people get hit in the mouth like that, like that's a massive hit to the mouth. And most people will give up, but you didn't. Mm-hmm. You found every mm-hmm. single way to get there and to make this self-publishing school, this powerhouse juggernaut that it is. So let's talk more about that. Self-publishing school, pretty much what it sounds like you will help people self-publish and you do it super effectively. Like I'm sure you've heard so many times, I've got a book in me. I want to write a book. So how does somebody go about that process of writing a book, coming to you guys at self-publishing school? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it all starts with, and, and so kind of the, the over, like we're an online education company. Mm-hmm. Uh, we help people write and publish books in as little as 90 days um, that grow their impact, wow. their income, or their business if they have one, right? And so think of it kind of like an, a business accelerator, mm-hmm. um, but for books. Uh, and so it, it starts with, and, and where I would encourage most people to start is, why are you writing this book in the first place? And what is this going to lead to for you? Nice. As Stephen Covey would say, begin with the end in mind. Uh, and so get clear on where you're going. And we always say that a book's kind of like this key that opens the door to Narnia, right? It <laughs> it's, opens this door to this magical world that you didn't know existed, uh, that only exists for published authors. And so it's, it's not about the book. It's about who you become in the process and also about what doors this book's going to open up. So that's the starting point. That's what we're, I mean, I'm super passionate about that. Um, I talk about this concept in my TEDx talk about uh, a leveraged impact. So the ability to do work mm. once and then impact thousands, tens of thousands, maybe even millions of people, right? And so that's where it starts for us. Uh, and then, uh, you know, if someone will book a call with the team, chat through their book idea, if we think they're a fit, we'll talk with them uh, and then kind of walk them through the process. And at a high level for people who are thinking about doing this, it's idea, rough draft, then there's the production, so editing, cover design, formatting, and then publishing and launch. Uh, and then after you publish and launch, then rolling into what's next. Oh, I like how you finished that one up too, because that's what most authors don't understand. And I didn't yeah. understand in the process either. It's, yeah, sure, the lead up and everything's great, but it's the after, after. And I love, I love that leveraging impact, because you're so right. Like when you write a book, this now becomes your working resume, like the things that it can lead to. And this is the way that you're able to change so many people's lives. Let's just talk through the process, okay? It's launch day. How are we going to prepare for the launch? Let's, let's just crush this thing because everybody thinks they're going to be at Barnes & Noble in front of this huge audience. Probably not the way it is for most people, obviously. Yeah, so one of the – if I just say one thing, 
Like if you just do one thing to prepare for your launch, this is the one thing, mm. uh, which is Love creating that. a launch team. Nice. All right. So a launch team is a small group of people that support your book. It could be five people, could be 15 people, could be 50 people. Uh, and, you know, maybe more, uh, but it's, it's friends, family members, customers, colleagues, whoever. Uh, but there's two sides of the coin. There's what they do to help promote the launch and then what they get in return. So what they do is they read the book ahead of time and leave a review on day one. That is the most important thing. Amazon reviews are unbelievably important yes. uh, for ranking uh, on Amazon. Uh, I know when we first met, we, I just went on like a 20-minute uh, tear of like <laughs> things, things to help you get more Amazon reviews. Because like, oh, you should do this, you do this, you do this. Like just going through because they're so important. And so, that, so that's a starting point, I would say, uh, is, is the launch team. And then what they get in return is they get a free digital copy of the book. And I like to put their name in the book. Um, people love that. So that's going to help set you up for success at launch. And now you've launched, uh, you've got reviews and all those things. And then to your point, I'd say what's more important is the after, after the launch piece. And how do you leverage that? Yep. Um, excuse me. How do you leverage the actual book? And the analogy I like to use is, is uh, I call it the sports car versus the Toyota Camry. And so most people treat their book launch like a sports car. You know, sports cars are sexy mm-hmm. They're fast. They use up a lot of fuel, but shoo, they're going in. A, they're they're gone in a flash, right? And so <laughs> they focus all their effort on week one. They use up a lot of energy. Uh, they they focus. I mean, it's it's flashy. It's all those things, and then they just drop it, drop the book, and it's gone, right? It's out of their mind. They don't talk about it. They don't promote it. They don't uh-huh. integrate it in what they're doing. So you've just lost all the power that this book has. And so what I recommend is instead you treat your book like a Toyota Camry, which is setting up your book for, for long-term success. Because if you know anything about a Toyota Camry, I've had multiple uh, in, in, uh, in my day. And I think both of them had at least 100-something, if not 200,000 miles, right? Because Toyota yeah. Camry just yeah. keeps chugging. And so that's what you want with your book is, sure, week one or month one sales, but what's more important than the week one or month one sales is does this book continue to sell month after month, year after year? And that starts with what I call the fundamentals of a perennial bestseller uh, and really making sure that you nail those so that you set yourself up for long-term success. Man, that's so good. I love that analogy too. And let's go into those those steps of setting yourself up for long-term success because ladies and gentlemen, this guy, six-time bestseller, Am I getting that right? You're a six-time yes, bestseller? Sir. Yeah. Yes, so I think you know what you're talking about, working with some of the biggest authors in the game. So tell us about what that, that step, that process to make sure you become a bestseller. Yeah. So the, if we're talking fundamentals, so, I mean, mm. this is blocking and tackling, right? Basketball fundamentals, basketball dribbling, pivot. This yeah, is, you know it, man. Boxing out. Yes. This is diving for loose balls like this. So I, I, in basketball, <laughs> that was the only way I made the all-star team every year. I was not any good. I had a horrible shot. Um, but I, I was the guy who was diving for loose balls and yeah, boxing baby. out, getting rebounds. You right? were Pat and Beverly. Those guys always find a way onto yes. the floor. Yes. <laughs> um, because they're needed, right? And you're playing good defense. So I want you to think about that mentality. Um, so how do you take the David Nurse – uh, basketball mentality to your book, right? <laughs> and I know David uh, is a much better shooter. <laughs> so, 
See, yeah, but I wasn't diving for any loose balls like you, man. I was, I was just spotting up in the corner. You get the ball, kick it to me. <laughs> uh, so uh, maybe we'll call it the anti-David Nurse approach. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, but love it. no, in all seriousness, like, how do you do the blocking and tackling well? If we're using the football analogy, if we're uh-huh. if we're talking basketball, how do we die for loose balls, box out, get rebounds? And so it starts with you need a good title, and it, and it's a clear title. It's not a catchy title. So think uh-huh. catchy, not clear. Nice. Uh, and or sorry, think clear, not yep. catchy. Uh, and so that you're and and the sign of a clear title and subtitle is your prospect or potential reader instantly understands what the book's about and whether or not it's for them. Nice. All right. And if they don't, if you tell them the si- subtitle and, and, and title and they're, they say, oh, that's interesting. What's it about? Well, then it, it, you, you've probably done a poor job of that. So good title, subtitle, good cover. And so, uh, David, you did an awesome job with this. Pivot and go. Like if, if I know on the video, I don't know if the video version gets published anywhere, but on the video right now, it's like that book is 20 yards or maybe 10 yards behind you. And I can read the title. Uh-huh. That's the sign of a good cover is the title's easy to read. And Google calls this the BFB test. It's the big effing button. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's like, if I were to, if I were to step back, could I clearly see the one thing that you want me to see or do on that page? Like if you think about when you go to Google, you see a place you can type in and a button you can click, right? So you think that type of psychology with your cover, you nailed it. Uh, with your book, David. So pivot and go, you can see it. It's easy to read. And then there's a few other fundamentals of, you know, is this a well-written timeless book? And does this solve a problem that people have that they know that they have that they're willing to pay for? Right. And so you can't solve a problem that people speak to a problem that they, that people have, but they don't know that they have. (laughs) And this is a long answer, but let's say for example, I've got something that helps with back pain. If I say, and I know that it's your posture or, or that, that's leading to that. Well, if I write a book on posture, we talk about this pain pills versus vitamins. Well, that's a vitamin solution. And no one wakes up in the morning and says, oh, I need vitamins today. But a lot of people do wake up and say, ah, my back hurts. I need some pain medicine. That's why it's way easier to sell pain pills than to sell vitamins. So we're speaking to the pain that the prospect knows that they have. So they're problem aware. So instead it would be, Uh, you know, five days to less back pain or something like that. And so now instead of speaking, and and guess what? The five days might be all the posture things (laughs) that they're doing to fix their back pain, but I'm speaking Uh, to the pain that they have, that they know that they have uh, and, and kind of similar pivot and go. So we're speaking, okay, I know that I'm in a moment where I just got hit uh in the mouth and I need to pivot. And I remember one of the first times we met, I was talking about, all the ways that you could specialize this to different audiences to get more publicity around the book and to get more book sales. So it's how to pivot in your relationships when your spouse just said, Hey, I want a divorce or how to pivot when you just got fired from your job or how to, so we're specializing the promise of the book to the audiences that we want to get in front of to then better market the book. So it's, you're solving a pain um, that people have that they know that they have, that they're willing to pay for. It's a well-written timeless book. Uh, and then, I mean, there's a bajillion other things I could go through, but the last thing I'll mention is, is making sure that you have reviews <laughs> and I'm yeah. circling back to this. Cause if you, if you do all those things and you got 20 reviews on your book, uh, nothing else that I teach from a marketing perspective is going to help you sell more books long-term because of social proof. I mean, we've yeah. all been there. Your friend says, Hey, check out this book on Amazon <laughs> and you go look and it's got 20 reviews and you say, 
Hmm. I don't know about that. Yep. <laughs> Are yep. you sure? But if the book's got 500 reviews or even a hundred reviews, then there's social proof. So people are more likely to buy the book. So those are the main fundamentals. Those are amazing. And it's, it's funny you say that and all the coming back to on what we talked on, because I was literally taking notes on my phone and I've been applying everything that you said, like 20 minutes with you is so, so valuable. But you're right. The Amazon mm-hmm. reviews, I had no idea until we talked that it was so important. But when you think about it, hey, if I'm going to Yelp, I'm not going to go to a restaurant who has five reviews. Like, who knows? I could have rats in there. But it's going to be the one with 5,000. So I've been pouring a ton of time into getting these Amazon reviews. So anybody listening out there, Amazon review it, pivot and go, please. Man, that's great. So I, I really like how you're talking about and letting people know that. And just like anything that we do, whether it's a book or not, like you have to put in the work afterwards. You're not just going to create a product and it's going to be there and everybody's going to know about it. Like you do an amazing job with your email newsletter. Like I I feel like I I talk to you daily because I'm getting these great emails from you and your taglines in them are so intriguing that I feel like it's a personal email directly coming to me and I'm opening it. Like you have an amazing art to, to writing. Is there anything... I know you've been given tons of points on writing the book. Is there anything in specific that you really hone in on to make sure that that you're getting this message out there that you're, for lack of a better term, marketing your self-publishing school? I feel the electrolytes charging through my body as we speak. Hey, I got to tell you about Element, L-M-N-T. I've been a super fan since day one and Now, I mean, like these Lance Armstrongs and Tim Ferriss's are on board with it. But what Element is, is a tasty electrolyte drink mix. It's formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited for folks following keto, low-carb, paleo diet. We don't need any more sugar. We don't need the Gatorade and all that sugar that's in it. We need the salt. And that's what Element brings. It brings a recharging electrolyte, super tasty. They got citrus, lemon, orange, many, many flavors. And there's a few staples as an optimizer, total optimizer myself that I do every single day. Water, coffee, gratitude, spend time with my wife and Element. I'll have it twice a day in the morning when I wake up and during my workout. One thousand mgs of sodium 200 potassium and 60 magnesium it is all the good stuff that is going to recharge you and just juice you up for an ultimate day element yeah so i would say good news is it's for anyone who just heard this and said oh hold up i this is the part i don't like the marketing part or maybe you've been hearing a lot of this and saying hey this is i don't like marketing no one cares about your book or your business or you as much as you do. Yes. Uh, and so you have to, a lot of people, this is a huge mistake I see people make. Um, so I, I guess I'm leading with the bad news and I'll circle back to the good news. <laughs> You're like, Wait, what? This is not good news. Love it. It, it. No one cares about it as much as you do. So you've got, you've got to learn the skill set. And a huge mistake people make is they trust someone else to do their marketing. They think my publisher is going to market my book or I'm going to pay this marketing company and they're just not going to do well. Um, or anything. And so you've got to learn the skill set. Now, the good news is that marketing isn't what you think. Marketing is helping people solve problems and speaking to problems, speaking to another human that needs help with a thing uh, and just showing them that you have a solution for that. So that's the way I look at it, whether it's marketing my books, whether it's marketing self-publishing school, 
or anything else. Uh, it's, uh, it's through the lens of that as you're helping people and you're helping people solve problems. And if you believe in the product or the book that you have, you have a moral obligation to get that in front of as many people nice. as possible. Because if you know that their life is going to be better, well then hold up. You're not marketing it just because you're insecure about marketing. I mean, <laughs> you're robbing them of that opportunity to, for their life to be changed through your work. And so that was a huge shift for me as someone who hated marketing and sales and a couple mentors of mine said, Hey, this is why you're not doing well. Like you've got to learn this and then you'll start doing better. And so I really harnessed that skill set, And that leads me to kind of the final piece, which is what you're talking about, um, which is copywriting and how important that is. And so the, think not copyright, like R I G H T as in like you mm. copyright your book, yeah. but copywriting W R I T uh, E <laughs> Uh, or I guess ing, um, the plural <laughs> version uh, is is word uh, salesmanship in print. So it's writing words that sell. So whether it's your your title is copywriting, your subtitle is copywriting, your introduction is copywriting, your book description is copywriting. How do you speak to the need that people have and compel them to read more or to take the next step? Uh, and investing time, money, and energy and learning that skill set for me made a huge difference. Uh, and, and, and that's why the emails are compelling or uh, the sales copy for self-publishing school is compelling or, uh, you know, the book. It's like we always say the job of the title is to get people to read the subtitle. Uh, and then the job of the subtitle is to get them to click into your Amazon description uh, or under your Amazon page. And then the job of the first line into that uh, is to get them to read the rest of the book description. The job of that is to get them to buy the book. Right. Yep. And so in the same way that the job of the introduction is to compel people to actually read the book. And, and so that's called Joe Sugarman, uh, his, his, uh, he calls it the slippery slide of like, you're falling into the kind of just, just continually reading and continuing that path. And so, um, I think that's really important. And as an author, it's something you need to be thinking about. Man, that's beautiful. So well said. I love it. The moral obligation. If you have a story inside of you, you have something you can share with somebody else, you better feel that moral obligation. If you're holding it back, then you're doing everybody harm. And, and it's, it's seeing it through the eyes of the person that's going to read it. I know it's, I, most people will run to write the book and it's basically their memoir, their story. No one cares about your story. I mean, use your stories, but have something that stands timeless. And it's awesome, man. And to that point of the writing, the copywriting, when we were together, our mutual friend, John Gordon, he's the one who taught me, like when I was telling him about the book launch and stuff, he's like, okay, how, how big is your newsletter list? It's like, newsletter list? What are you talking about? He's like, yo, I'm a New York Times bestseller every time because I have 250,000 people on my, on, my, on my newsletter list. That's when I realized how important that is, how important to the marketing yourself to your audience. So great point, man. I love that. So for you, Chandler, as you have done so much at how, – how old are you, by the way? Can I ask how old you are? Yeah, 27. You are 27? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Are you making me feel old? I thought you were my age. That is amazing. <laughs> I like that even more. I love when young people go out there and go get it, and they don't care if someone has to say, hey, you should have gray hair or you should be doing this. The young are often vilified, but I love when the young just go after it, man. So – Got to give you big time props on that. Have Thanks, you have man, you felt pushback? Have anybody been like, yeah, you're too young? Uh, early on, yeah. What I, I think what I realized is that it was mostly in my own head, and yeah. no one knows or cares. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing I <laughs> yeah. love about yeah. business is it's a meritocracy. 
Nice. Right? You get opportunities based on merit and the value that you add to the marketplace. Um, so it does, nobody cares about your race, religion, sexual orientation, any of those things. They're making a purchasing decision based yep. on does this help me? Uh, and is there discrimination everywhere? Absolutely. And that's a horrible thing. And I think it needs to be eradicated. But I think I think business is one of the closest things to cut through that and just say, this is a meritocracy based on value. So that also applies to age is people don't care that much. And so I, I, I found early on the limiting belief beliefs were in my own head. And I got in my own head and I was worried about being the youngest guy in the room. But so I, I dress and I dress up for everything just so people would take me seriously. And I'd be wearing like a bow tie and suspenders and like, and just really dress through the nines, go into a meeting or a conference or whatever. Cause I wanted to make sure that people uh, took me seriously. But then as we started having more success, I, th- I think I got the confidence to, uh, to, to stop worrying about that stuff as much. And then as that happened, I realized that, wait, hold up no one cares because <laughs> yeah. uh, you know you're managing all these people that are older than you and i've been managing people older than me since i was probably 18 19 uh and 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 so that's weird because you're like oh are they gonna be weird because of my age and all those things but no one cares they care about the value that you add and then uh from a management and leadership perspective how well you lead them and serve them and have their best interests in mind Spot on, man. I was coaching in the NBA at, at 27, and it's yep. people will look at you like you're too young, but it's the value yep. you bring, how much you care, how much you can help them improve. Absolutely. Love that. So many levels. All right, Chandler, I'd love to talk to you all day, but uh, I'll just walk over to your place here pretty soon, and we'll talk on the beach. So I'm going to throw you on the rapid-fire hot seat here as we wind down. This could be quick answers, whatever comes to your mind first. The first one I got for you, what is your favorite mindset quote or some type of quote or mantra or mission statement that you live by? Uh, don't take advice from someone you wouldn't gladly switch places with. And you don't have to take that to the extreme of like, oh, I wouldn't switch places with you, but just contextualize the feedback. Yeah. And so if I'm getting business feedback from somebody who's been divorced three times <laughs> and his, his, his family hates him, well, I'm probably going to take some of that advice with a grain of salt because that's not where I want to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Love that quote, man. Okay, what does leaving a legacy mean to you? Not necessarily the billboard legacy, but what would... When Chandler, when you're gone, what would leaving a legacy be to you? Yeah, legacy for me is two or three things. I mean, I want, I want to retire my parents. Mm-hmm. I want my family to never have to work for money. I want to make Kendall proud uh, and, and truly, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm living for two. Uh, and then long after I'm off this, I mean, my ultimate goal is to run a billion-dollar company that changes the world and long after I'm off this earth that's still making a difference. So that, and, and then I kind of look at my life kind of like John D Rockefeller of like in parts of like part phase one, make a ton of money phase two, give it all away. Uh, and that. so that's kind of, I see, man, Chandler, I love it. I love the, just the big out of this world dream goal. I tell people to make those goals. Like you're saying, right? Like have a billion dollar company. Why not? And I love being around people like that. Yeah. I, I tell people I'm going to be Tony Robbins mixed with John Maxwell mixed with Tim Grover. It's going to happen. We're going to take those steps to get there. And I, I love yeah. that, man. So I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, what are your favorite three books, your top three books? I know it's like yeah. 
choosing who your favorite kid is or your favorite movie, but what are three books yeah. other than Pivot and Go that stand out to you as amazing books? Of course. <laughs> so I would say for starters, and so I've got this video on, uh, I've got the Seven Figure Principles podcast and the Seven Figure Principles show, yes. which is a YouTube channel. And one of the videos is how to decide which book to read next. And so uh, as the book guy, I always get asked, uh, you know, what's your favorite book or what book should I read? And so I'm going to, I'm going to give a blanket answer for everyone and I'll give a specific answer. So I, I, my, my, the blanket answer is I, my philosophy for reading is I always say, Hey, what am I trying to learn or where am I trying to get better right now? Like right now I'm actively trying to get better at this thing. And then I'm going to pick a book that helps me get better at that thing. So I'm reading intentionally versus reading based on recommendations that people give me. And so I think that's the first yes. step for everyone listening. Ask that question and then contextualize this answer. Uh, or maybe none of the books I give you um, touch on that. I've got two video. One is my top 10 most impactful uh, books of all time. And the other one is my top five leadership books of all time. Cause those are, those are really uh, leadership is something I'm kind of obsessed with. So I'd say if I just had to go, I'm trying to remember off my top 10 most impactful books. I know that one is extreme ownership and that's on both lists. Uh, really, really great book. The one thing yes. uh, is another one. So good. Um, that's one of my favorite books of all time. Yep. And then I got to give a shout out to my buddy, Hal Alrod, yep. uh, who wrote a book called the miracle morning. And the, I mean, morning routines changed my life. And uh, Hal's one of the most inspiring people I know. And um, that book's fantastic. It's amazing. It's an amazing book. And isn't he coming out with a movie on it? He just did. Yeah. In December. I'm actually in it. Yeah. Uh, like a, like a five or 10 second clip. I think yeah, I, 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 I figured I was going to get edited out because <laughs> um, he kept getting all these big time names, like bigger <laughs> names, bigger names. And I was like one of the first people he filmed with. And I'm like, I said, how you better not edit me out of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and so I almost did. I, I, but it. I, I, uh, I think it. I got like a five-second clip. So cool, man. So cool. I want to see you in your morning routine, chugging coffee, doing burpees, all that good stuff. Hey, Chandler, you're just a, man, a, amazing. Like literally, you're kind of like the person who I'd say is a renaissance man, who could like the world's most interesting man type. Like we, I, we were shooting guns. The first time I've ever shot guns, and you like literally knew how to just do it right off the bat. So you impressed me from the start. You were just hitting these clay pigeons with your eyes closed. It was crazy. So nothing that you can't do. I know your wheelhouse is in the publishing, and everybody out there who's thinking that they have a book or want to write a book or has a question about writing a book, you got to check this out. So where can we all find you? Podcast, website, videos, you name it. Yeah. Hey, thanks for asking. Um, from a podcast perspective, you can subscribe to the Self-Publishing School podcast. Um, we have episodes with some of the top authors in the world um, or the Seven Figure Principles podcast. If you're a leader or uh, a, an entrepreneur, that I mean, that is like, it's the playbook of how I've scaled my company from yeah. zero to 26 million in the last uh, uh, six years. And so that's really good content there. And then if, you, if you're interested in working with us at Self-Publishing School, um, you can book a call with the team, chat about your book. It's self-publishingschool.com forward slash apply. And we got a bunch of, bunch of really great resources on the Self-Publishing School website. Also on uh, selfpublishing.com, which is another um, resource that we have for people. Um, so there's lots of good resources there. Man, I wish I would have known you before I published my book. Wish I would have known you before then. But we'll do something together for sure, man. And we'll link to all of those in the show notes. And the last 
question I have before we let you off this hot seat of the Pivot and Go podcast. If you were to give advice to somebody who is feeling stuck, doesn't necessarily have to be in the book world and writing a book, but someone who's just feeling stuck in their life, what's one tip that you would give them to become unstuck and to pivot and go? Yeah, I would say get perspective from someone who's been where you want to go. And and how do you learn from them? Like, how do you learn from someone who's been where you want to? It's the who versus how Mm. uh, philosophy. So ask who, not how. And if you figure out the who, well, then that's a shortcut. And they probably know the how, and they probably spend a lot of time, money, and energy figuring out the hard way. Dude, you're the man. Thank you so much. Drop the mic on that. And you're off the Pivot and Go podcast, Chandler. Thank you so much for coming on, dropping your knowledge here. I know so many people want to write books, so just hearing this is just super invaluable. I took a ton of notes, and I'm going to be applying to continue to get Pivot and Go out there. But, man, thank you so much for your time. Just an honor and a blessing to have you as a friend, man. Hey, David, thank you for having me, man. This is awesome. Thank you so much for giving your time to me and listening to the 1% podcast. Without you, none of this would be possible. The feedback, the reviews, the ratings you give this podcast help to grow the audience and the reach for us to be able to bring on new guests each week and provide that 1% daily steps we can all implement from top NBA players, high performers, and just from amazing people doing amazing things to better this world. And it's all because of you. If you could, I will shout you out, personally thank you, leave a review on iTunes or the podcast app on your phone. Five stars if you love it, one star of course if you hate it, and leave a comment of what you liked about it or questions, suggestions that you might have. Post on social media and tag me at David Nurse NBA and I will repost the reviews the podcast gets. I'll shout you out personally for sure. Thank you so much for being the best community, the best family, the best 1% squad. So blessed for all of you out there. Now go out there today and speak a word of encouragement to someone. You can and you will make a difference. 